Hey, this is Alex, and you're tuned into the Market Adventures podcast. It is Thursday, January 14th, and everyone seems to be trading options. If that's you, this episode will be one to save and revisit again and again. There are countless strategies to use when it comes to options besides buying calls and puts. Today, I get to talk about one of my favorite ways to use options, the spread. So make sure you stay tuned. Investing in real estate is way easier than investing in the stock market. I mean, way easier. But if you decide to join us on this adventure, let me help you. Download my free beginner's trading plan at mytradingplan.org. You get some entry and exit criteria as well as rules, mindset for option trading and swing trading. Download the free trading plan to help you get started building a blueprint for your own trading strategy in the future. That's mytradingplan.org so you can start trading today. So we'll first start with what is an option and then we'll go from there. An option is just a contract to buy or sell 100 shares of a certain security. If you need more than that definition, uh, if this is your first episode, go back and listen to a couple episodes. Those of you who've been with me for a while know what an option is, but if you're not familiar, go back and listen or go to Investopedia.com to check out the definition. Now, an option is that contract. A call option is the right to buy. A put option is a right to sell. Now, within that umbrella of options uh, strategies of buying and selling, There's a bunch of other strategies that branch off from that, right? That strange from uh, butterflies, strangles. There's a whole bunch of wacky names for options. We're gonna start. We're gonna start with just the the most basic, right? And for me, the most basic are the ones you can use regularly in almost any situation, and they're very very fundamental in that way. The debit and credit spreads. Now, a spread is simply buying or selling one option and then buying or selling another option at a different strike price or the same strike price at a different date, right? So you're just you're buying or selling an options contract, but it's a different contract or it's the same contract at a different date, right? There's different ways to spread it out because options have so many different variabilities, right? Different strike prices, different um, expiration dates. All a bunch of different things with options. So the spread is using several options to create a a some kind of a profit or an entry into a particular trade. Now, when do you use these? Well, we'll stick with just the ones that we talked about, the debit spread and the credit spread. The debit spread, right, when we talk about getting into a trade, right? So I mentioned an entry into a trade. A debit spread allows you to enter into a trade at a reduced cost. Right, it's considered legging into a trade in some circles. Now, debit spreads are good for small accounts, right? If you're building a small account, and it's good if you believe that a stock is going into a particular direction, but you want to lower your your overall risk in the trade. Now, debit spreads do cap your gains, 
So let me walk you through a debit spread. And we'll use we'll use Apple just because most people are familiar with Apple. I'm sure if you're listening right now, you, you're probably on an iPhone listening through Apple Podcasts, which reminds me, go drop a five-star review when you know this episode. Um, but a with Apple, is trading at 120. And you think that Apple's going to go to 125. Well, you have the option to buy an Apple contract, an options contract for a strike price at 125 because you believe that Apple's going to go to 125, but you don't believe that Apple will go to 130. Maybe 125 is just off of the, you know, the recent highs, but 130 is at is an all-time high for the month or the year, something like that. And this is I'm just using made-up numbers, right? I'm not looking at the chart. But you don't believe it's going to go to 130. Well, you can go into the 125 call option naked, which means you can just buy the call option by itself. Or if you want to uh, preserve some capital, either just maintain your cash balance or maybe you want to use that extra money on something else, whatever your reason is, and your reason is yours, you can, add, you can actually buy the 125 call option, the one you believe is going to go in the money, and sell the 130 contract to somebody else. Now, how can you sell the 130 contract? Well, there's several there's several ways to buy and sell, right? When you're selling something, you have to either have the collateral or the security. Meaning if I'm going to sell a put or sell a call, I have to own 100 shares because the options contract is a right to buy or sell 100 shares. But I can also buy or sell if I own another contract. Because that contract gives me the right. So if I'm buying a 125 call option, I'm buying the option to buy 100 shares of Apple, I can then sell a put to somebody else, or I should say I could sell a, a call to somebody else because I already own a contract to buy 100 shares, which means I have some kind of collateral to then sell to somebody else. Right? So let me, again, I'm going to repeat that. If I buy the 125 call option, the one that I think is going to hit, right, and I don't think Apple will go to 130, I can buy the 125, I can spend, let's say the 125 call option costs $100, I can spend $100 to buy this contract, but I can also simultaneously sell another call option that's further away, so I'll sell the 130 to somebody else and say I sell to them for $20. Well, I spent $100 and I sold the further out call option for $20, which means the, the amount that I actually spent was only $80, right? We're using basic math. I bought something for 100 I sold something else to somebody else for 20 The difference there is 80 right? So you can see how for somebody who has a small account, if your account only has eighty dollars in the uh, only has eighty dollars in it, that allows you to enter into this trade that you want without having the full hundred dollars because you're collecting money from somebody else that allows you to buy what you want. Now this is good for small accounts, and when I talk about lowering risk, it's lowered risk because you've only invested you invested eighty percent of what the original price was going to be. Right, that 125 was going to cost $100, but you lowered your your exposure to that option, right? The risk within that option by selling something to somebody else, right? So instead of risking 100 for that 125, 
you're only risking $80. So I hope that makes sense. If it doesn't, rewind, hit that rewind 30 or rewind 15 button and listen to it one more time. Now, in addition to lowering the risk, it does cap the gains. What does that mean now? Say you are 100% right and Apple goes to 125 and man, it just keeps screaming higher. Well, what happens is you are now what's called in the money, which means your contract uh, that allows you to buy Apple, you're allowed to buy Apple at a lower price than it is currently, right? So say Apple now is 132. Right, let's say Apple's 132. Well, what happens is you are five, you are seven dollars in the money, but you only get to take advantage of five of those dollars. Why? Because you sold the 130 to somebody else, which means the minute that Apple crosses 130, you can no longer take advantage of that premium, right? Of that money, because you sold the right to somebody else. Because at the end of the day, when you close your position with spreads, in order to close a spread or to close an option, you have to do the inverse of what you did to open it, which means if I bought a call option and I wanted to close it, I have to now sell it. So with a spread, if I bought the 125 for $100, I now have to sell that 100 call for whatever profit and I have to buy back that 130 call right? I have to sell that 125 call that I bought and buy back the 130 call, right? But the benefit of buying back the 130 call is the amount of money you made from your 125 is going to far exceed the price of the 130 call option that you sold. Why? Because you're more in the money, right? And I'm going to explain this one one more time. The 125 call option that you have, if Apple's at 132, that call option is $7 in the money. It has $7, $700 of intrinsic value. The 130 that you sold, if Apple's at 132, only has $2 of intrinsic value, which means the 125 contract has five more dollars of intrinsic value, which means when you buy back that contract, you're buying it back with the profits, with the $5 of profit, from the 125 contract that you already own and you're selling, right? So that's the benefit of spreads because even though my risk is lower and even though my gains are capped, even if this this um, security, let's say Apple screams to 140, you have more intrinsic value in your contract than the one that you sold. So even if you're buying back that contract and Apple's been running way past the amount that you sold, your contract is still worth more than the contract you sold. So you're ending up walking away with a profit. The only downside, if you can call it a downside, is if Apple keeps screaming to 140, instead of getting uh, $15 worth of intrinsic value, right, 125 to 140, Instead of getting $15 worth of intrinsic value, which if you multiply is $1,500 of intrinsic value, you're only going to be able to profit from $5 worth because you sold the 130. So after 130, dollar for dollar, you're not making because the 130 contract is not increasing in value, right? So that is a debit spread explained as long drawn out as I can, but also I repeated some things just so you can kind of play that story in your head again. Now, the credit spread, the credit spread, when you think of credit spread, think of like a credit card, 
Uh, same thing with a debit. Think of a debit card. In order to use a debit card, you have to have money, right? The debit means you have to have money up front. Credit means you're getting the money up front. Now more than ever, knowledge makes money. There's no better way to make money in your sleep than by demonstrating your expertise through building online courses. If you want to make a nationwide impact and solidify your leadership as an entrepreneur, creating a five-star course is a must. Creating a five-star course from scratch is a masterclass on producing and selling courses quickly and profitably. Learn how you can make a living income and build wealth through teaching others what you already know. Visit moneyfornowledge.com to learn more. That's moneyfornowledge.com to learn how you can turn your skill into a living income and build wealth. Right, you're getting money up front. So if I have a credit spread, that means that I'm collecting money from the market up front. Right, which means that I have to be right at the end of the day before I get the money. Right, the debit spread is you're paying for something or you're paying and selling something and you don't get the money until the very end. The credit spread, you get the money up front and you have to close the position with what is based on what is left. So if I, so it's an inverse, right? So the debit spread was I bought one and I sold one further out and I'm uh, entering into the trade. The credit spread is I'm selling one that's closer and buying one further out, right? Let me repeat that. Debit is buy close, sell further. Credit spread is sell close, buy further. Now, why would you do that? It's just, It works exactly the same way, but only inversely, right? If I think the Apple is going to go to 125, instead of getting a debit spread, right, to capitalize on the upward move, I can sell a put spread to collect money because I think Apple's going to go up, right? So if I think Apple's going to go up and I sell to somebody a 110 put option, I then buy back the 115 put option, right? So I've sold the 110 and I bought the 115. And remember what I said, as long as you own two contracts, the... Um, you're allowed to complete the trade because you have the shares in order to complete the transaction. You can't just buy and sell things that you don't own. Um, to You can't sell things that you don't own unless you're borrowing it somehow. So by buying an option and selling an option, you're buying the right to buy 100 and then selling the right to buy 100. So we go back to the credit spread. If I sell the one closer, all options that are closer to the money are worth more in value, right? They have more uh, time value or intrinsic value, depending where you're selling it. All options further away from the money or where the current price is are worth less. So a credit spread is I'm selling the more valuable option 
and buying the less valuable option and by selling something to you for more than what I'm buying something else for, I get to keep the difference. So if I sell the 110 to you for $100 and I buy the 115 for $20, I get to keep the difference between the contracts, which is $80. Now the difference with the credit spread versus the debit spread is a necessity to have collateral. When you're selling a credit spread, you have to have a collateral in your bank account waiting in case you're wrong. Why is that? Because you're essentially selling somebody something with more value than something else you're buying. In the event that you're wrong, you have to have something there to make up that value. You can't sell something of less value to make up for something with more value. So if I sell a 110 put option and I buy a 115 put option, there's $500 or $5 worth of risk there. So the credit spread, the amount in between is risk. With a debit spread, the amount in between is potential profit. Right? So with a credit spread, you have to have your risk set aside up front. So if I have $1,000 in my account and I do a credit spread on Apple, I sell the 110 and I buy the 115, uh, whatever platform you use is going to take $500 out of your account. Now, it's still your money, but you're using that as collateral. You can't then spend it. So they're taking $500 out of your account and then they're going to give you $80 from the transaction that you put on. So if I have $1,000 in my account and I put on a credit spread for Apple and I get paid $80 up front, when they take the 500 out as collateral, I'll get my 80, I have $580 in my account. So I can use that $80 right now. But $500 of that is gonna be put aside in case you're wrong. Now with a credit spread, that risk increases with volatility. So if there's premium, Right, and you're selling a credit spread. You're actually, um, you actually have to account for the premium in addition. So that 500 might not be your maximum risk. You might end up paying a little bit more because you have to account for the uh, premium on top of it. Now, why would you use a credit spread with all that risk? Well, credit spreads are good for sideways markets. A debit spread is no good for a sideways market because. If you're expecting the stock to move and it's going sideways, you're not going to be able to sell anything of value outside the money to really collect anything to make the to make the trade even worth it. Right? If the if the stock market's moving sideways and I sell somebody the 130 call and a debit spread and I buy the 125, the 130 call is going to be worth nothing. Why? Because there's no interest in it. The market's moving sideways. Nobody wants to buy that. With a credit spread though, I can sell credit outside the money, but it's a little bit closer, so it's worth more in value, right? The one you're selling is closer to the money, so it's worth more in value that allows you to collect credit in sideways markets. You can even collect credit in upward and downward markets as well. So if Apple is going up and on one particular day, it starts to come down, I can sell a put spread, 
which means I'm selling somebody a put. I'm selling somebody the right to buy in case Apple goes down and I'm buying something further out because I know based on my research that Apple is not going to keep going down. But what happens is when Apple turns around, there are individuals in the market who think that the world's going to end. So they buy puts. If you sell them a put and you know that Apple is going to continue going up, you're able to collect credit, right? You're able to collect credit up front. And once Apple starts going up, you just buy it back and close the position and you get to keep the money that you that you uh, collected from the credit. That's the way I've been using it recently. Why? Because it's very beneficial for you if you have a set trading plan. If you have a set trading plan and your watch list, right, the research you've done in your watch list hasn't met your criteria, doing credit spreads allows you to stick to your rules better. If my rules say I don't go long on a position unless um, I get these factors, you know, the price action is moving like this, these indicators are pointing up, these indicators are letting me know to buy now, unless I have, if I have rules that are set, and nothing on my watch list misses, meets, meets those criteria, instead of going and searching for random stocks that meet your criteria and you know nothing about, you can sell credit spreads on the stocks that you understand until they meet your criteria, right? Now, that sounds wacky. That sounds crazy, but it works. For example, for a time, I was bullish on AMD. I sold a put spread on AMD because I believed AMD was going up, but AMD didn't meet my criteria to buy shares and do a swing trade. And it didn't meet my criteria to do an option trade because there were no scheduled events or news. So I did a credit spread in the meantime, and I collected 32 cents for every contract for that duration because I knew AMD wasn't going to come down because it was preparing itself to go up, right? There was a strong bid for the company. It was moving against uh, uh, the indicators that I have on my map. It was moving against the indicators that I had on my chart in a way that said it was going to be a bullish stock. So I didn't think, based on my research, that the probability that AMD was going to go down, I thought it was very low. So I sold a credit spread to collect credit but not violate my rules by entering AMD too soon, right? I needed to see my indicators flash green before I actually bought the stock, right? So for somebody who is bullish or bearish, but is waiting for a signal, you have the opportunity to do spreads on a particular uh, security as you wait for your signal to appear, right? Credit spreads don't work very too well on small accounts even though you can do $100 credit spreads. I did a credit spread to build my account up, my small account up, and it worked well. But there are other strategies to utilize. Like I said, you could utilize debit spreads. I didn't feel comfortable utilizing debit spread based on what was happening in the market. But debit spreads are also a good way to build a small account. So for me, spreads are really, really beneficial in that way. If the price action on your watch list doesn't meet your entry criteria, you have to, and you really should respect your rules. The best hitters in baseball don't swing at just anything. They're taught to 
swing at the pitches that allow them to get a good hit. That's it. They don't want to swing at anything else. And if they do, they're not in the pros. Credit spreads allow you to make money while you wait for your setup. And debit spreads allow you to play in the major leagues by lowering your cost to play. If you want to trade, um, if you want to trade Tesla, but you don't have four thousand dollars to buy a contract, I mean the Tesla options are ridiculous. You can do a debit spread for five hundred dollars and be able to play a Tesla option play, right? So debit spreads allow you to play in the major leagues. If you meet the criteria, if a stock meets a criteria, but you don't have the balance to play it outright with a naked option, you can do a debit spread to allow you to play the 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 security you want to play, take advantage of the move, take advantage of your criteria, and allow to build up your account little by little until you can afford a three grand contract on Tesla. Right. So let me repeat that just one more time before we go, just to summarize. There are a bunch of different ways to use options and a bunch of different ways to use spreads to take advantage of options. Debit, debit spreads and credit spreads are the most simple ways to use spreads in options. Debit spreads allow you to enter into a trade at a reduced cost by selling somebody else an option further out the money than the option that you are going to buy. That allows you to enter the trade at a reduced cost, but also puts a ceiling on your trade, on your gains, because if that dollar amount goes above the amount that you sold, you do not begin, you do not continue profiting from any dollar above the one you sold. You do keep your profit, but your profit is limited to the amount that is, was spread in the first place. Credit spreads allow you to make money in sideways markets or make money as you wait for a um, a swing trading setup. So instead of buying a naked call or put option, you can sell a credit spread in the opposite direction of the price action that you anticipate to so you can collect a credit or collect money up front as you wait for your setup. The risk in a credit spread is greater than that of a debit spread because you have to put aside the collateral in case of loss and you have the added premium that you have to pay on top of the collateral in case you are wrong. But the benefit of the credit spread is the uh, risk can be far lower in some circumstances than buying naked options or buying into a swing trade before your criteria is met. And remember, the best, the best, best hitters in baseball don't swing at every opportunity by buying naked options. They wait for their best possible uh, setup, the best possible pitch before they swing. So if you didn't know, that episode was inspired by a listener sending in a question. If you have any questions about how things work or maybe you want me to dive deeper into something that I briefly mentioned on one of my other episodes, let me know. Because like they said in the class when I was in school, 
if you have a question, there's a chance that somebody else in the class has that question too. So just raise your hand and ask it. I would love to answer it. And if you like content like this, please, if you can, leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. That helps us rank up higher and get this kind of information and education to more and more people. If you know friends and family who do trade options as well, maybe this is an episode you want to share with them. You can go and hit that share button and send it to them directly or post it to one of your social media feeds. Now, I've given you a great amount of information on spreads. And I know we're tempted, we're very, very tempted to seek security. Some of these things are really, really scary and daunting, and it's hard for us to break the habit of only looking for the safest possible returns, the safest possible options. But at Market Adventures, we don't seek security. We revel, we salivate for, we anticipate, and we jump in when we get an opportunity to seek adventure. 